Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the LaughSpin podcast. My name is Mike, and with me, as always, the editor-in-chief of LaughSpin.com, Dylan. What's up, man? Not too much, Mike. I'm still reeling from a very active Memorial Day. Yeah, me too. We took a trip down to North Carolina and a nine-hour car ride both ways. Why did you do that? Uh, one of my girl's bridesmaids just had a baby a month ago and, you know. Dude, wow. fuck babies. Yeah. Are you serious? Babies are stupid. They don't even do anything in that age. They just shit and... I have two of those things. They're not that interesting. Yeah, no, I know. Everybody... <laughs> Everybody's really interested in their own kids, but everybody else's kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> I like a few kids. Yeah. Kids are okay. All right. So we got a, some stuff to talk about today. It's been kind of a slow week in the world of comedy, but that's all right. We will squeeze out what we can. First thing, and this is kind of by the minute here, FX had this thing with Louie. They were trying to sell black t-shirts and passing them off as Louie t-shirts. Ex explain this. This sounds just the edge of corporate greed. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. This is really weird. So it was brought to our attention. If you go to FX, uh, if you go to their website, they obviously have uh, merchandise sections for each of their shows. So if you go to the Louie merch section, there was a t-shirt there that they were selling for $25. It was literally a plain black t-shirt, no writing on it, nothing at all. And basically, and they were calling it the inspired by Louis plain black t-shirt because, of course, as you know, Louis, if not always, most of the times is seen wearing a black t-shirt on stage. And so they were trying to pass it off as like an official Louis item. Now, had they been kind of tongue in cheek about it, I wouldn't have like taken offense to it, but they were totally serious. First of all, it, it's $25. Yeah, that's Second, crazy. Yeah. Second of all, in the description, there's no irony. They are <laughs> serious. They're serious <laughs> about this shirt. They're serious about trying to get $25 out of people. I could see them trying to be cute and maybe, you know, buy a Louis mug for $15 and we give you this, you know, the official Louis t-shirt and it's like a, a plain black t-shirt. That would be like a, a joke. They were not ironic. So a day after we posted this on Laughspin on Monday, which was M Memorial Day. And on Tuesday, the shirt has vanished from the FX merch store. So mm. pure speculation, wink, wink pure speculation <laughs> i have to imagine that louis didn't know that fx was doing this and was not so happy about it and the shirt's gone the other way they could have spun it was if they just would have had a package of three fruit of the loom black t-shirts and said official louis t-shirts but it clearly said fruit of the loom on them and it was clearly you know a pack of three for seven dollars or something like right. that. Like whatever they whatever they sell them for. I don't even know. But the fact that they have the gall to be serious about selling a plain black t-shirt for $25 and be completely <laughs> serious about it is just stupid. Why would they do that? That's just ridiculous. I think somebody was trying to be funny, but they're not a funny person. So it just didn't right. work. Especially knowing Louis's philosophy on marketing and kind of the independent spirit. And, you know, he's right. now he's selling everything he does for free five dollars right on online right and then whoever's in charge of the merch section has the balls to sell a black t-shirt for 25 dollars. it's so against louis philosophy all right well crisis averted i guess but if you were one of the unlucky ones to actually buy that within the day or however long it was up there for 25 bucks you you sir or madam are a rube <laughs> 
and you deserve what you get, which is I'm surprised. I'm surprised shit. he didn't notice that I have my official Louis C.K. T-shirt on now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have about 19 of these, and medium and small, depending on how I'm feeling about myself that day. I'm sorry, they actually didn't take it down. You just bought them all. It's just sold out. <laughs> so. that, that's correct. And the thing is, this is how slow the week's been, by the way, yeah. guys. Where we're still talking about this. <laughs> if you're into into t-shirts of any variety, people actually do care about who makes it and where it's from. And the description of the Louis shirt, it said 100% cotton, which is fine. Great. But it didn't It didn't even say like, oh, it's an American apparel shirt or it's right. a Fruit of the Loom shirt or it's a Hanes shirt. Like you would think that if, At least. The, if the product yeah. is, is really only a black t-shirt, you would give as much information about the black t-shirt as possible. And they didn't even do that. All right, let's move on. Please. So I wanted to do something a little bit differently. So I asked right before we hit record here, I asked our, our Twitter followers. And if you're not following us on Twitter, come on. Join come on. join the join the nearly 18,000 people following LaughSpinCom, at LaughSpinCom. So I asked our followers to uh, fire off some questions, some comedy-related questions. And we got a few really good ones, actually. So first one I wanted to address is from Robert Davidson. And his question is this. If the comedy Bang Bang TV show and or Marin's TV show don't catch on, will it negatively affect the comedy podcasts that birthed them? And Robert, may I say worded very well yes very, i, I absolutely. bet you robert is, is some sort of writer in 140 characters no doubt that's very good way to go yeah that's good so i'm gonna put the question to mike first these are actually happening both on ifc now that i think about it right so comedy comedy bang bang the scott Ackerman long-running podcast used to be called comedy death ray very well-respected podcast scott Ackerman, very well-respected figure in the world of comedy. Same goes for Mark Marin. He's got a show that's kind of same thing based loosely on his podcast WTF, where he plays slightly fictionalized version of himself. Comedy Bang Bang is premiering very soon. Marin, as far as I know, that show hasn't even started shooting yet. If both shows bomb, will they negatively affect the podcast that they originated from? Go, Mike. Okay, this is kind of multifaceted, and this is what I think. If Marin's fails, it may. And when I say may, it may only because if it gets a lot of attention on the fact that it's failing. The smart thing is the fact that it's on IFC, which a lot of people don't have and another group don't even know know they do have or know where it is in their cable boxes. So it may come and go and a lot of people won't be the wiser. However, the people that are in tune with it and the people that are in tune with the podcast, I think if Marin's show fails first, then yes, I think it could have a negative effect on podcasting only because he's kind of crossed over into this mainstream where a lot of people who know Mark Marin know him as a podcaster first and not as a comedian doing a podcast. But is it Wait, is it going to affect his podcast? His podcast? No. But okay, that's what I think this dude is asking. Oh, he's asking about his specific podcast? Okay, yeah. so if that's the case, then on both fronts, I'd say no. Where I was getting was the name of podcasting, the brand of podcasting, if you will. If Marin's fails, I think that'll take a hit, a slight hit. Whereas if the Comedy Bang Bang one fails, I don't think enough people will 
understand that it comes from a podcast to begin with. Plus the fact that that one's just kind of going to be a show, almost like a late night talk show kind of right, format. Like a variety show, sure. Whereas Marin's is more story centric, surrounded by the fact that he is a podcaster in his, you know, he does a show in his garage. That puts the podcasting in the general focus. But the short answer is, will it affect their individual podcasts if their if their individual shows fail? I think no, because I think they've built up enough of a rep with the podcasting community and listeners that it doesn't matter if they do a movie and it fails. It'll be right. fine. It'll be fine. All right. I think that makes a lot of sense because Marin is, like you said, to a mainstream or, or relatively mainstream audience, people know him from his podcast. Right. If his show fails, it'll kind of put a hit on podcasting in general. Right. It's really the first relatively mainstream representation there's no protagonist of a movie or a television show where the protagonist is a is, is a podcaster right. so right if it fails maybe people will say well exactly what the fuck is a podcast and why are you making a show about it right exactly the specific shows themselves they, they would not be uh, hurt i don't think so I don't think so. I think they've garnered enough of a following and got enough yeah. cred. The fact that they even scored television projects mm -hmm. from their podcasts is amazing. So let's move on to, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but his first name is Mac. Let's say Mac Jainhurst. Is that French? Jainar? Jainar. Jainar. Mm -hmm. And his question is a much more broad question, but I like it. His question is, should the term comedian apply to TV slash film actors who excel in funny roles or just be reserved for stand-ups? This is a really good question. My first answer is though labels are sometimes constricting and inaccurate from an editorial standpoint, which is where I come from almost 100% of the time, labels help hmm. if only to explain to the masses what something is or to give people reading some sort of reference. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I started the website, which was Punchline Magazine in 2005, I always thought the term comedian should be applied to stand-up comedians. As the years went on, you start to get annoyed when you hear like, oh, Will Ferrell's a comedian or, you know, Kristen Wiig's a comedian. I would say that the term comedian, yeah, now that I, now that I say it, I don't know that I, that I believe what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I feel you're changing your own mind in the middle of an I, answer. It's amazing. I'm changing my own mind in, in the middle of my explanation. <laughs> I think the term comedian is best reserved for those whose main art is stand-up comedy. So personally, I don't refer to Kristen Wiig or Will Ferrell or whoever, you know, like Andy Samberg as a comedian. I consider them actors, mm -hmm. sketch players, sketch actors. I don't really consider them comedian. I feel like a comedian is somebody who writes most of their own material and performs it on stage. Okay, I'm going to take a different approach here, and I'm going to look at somebody not like Will Ferrell or Kristen Wiig, who you could be on the fence with with saying a comedian. I'm going to look at somebody who is generally known for comedic roles, and I'm just going to pick somebody out of thin air, and I'm going to say uh stifler from the american pie movies he does a lot of comedic roles now would i consider him a comedian absolutely not i consider him a comic actor so therefore under the umbrella of that label then i therefore have to put people like Kristen wig and will ferrell as comic actors not necessarily comedians i think comedians is more of a succinct title 
that you give somebody whose primary focus is, as you said, people that write their own material and perform comedy a hundred percent of the time i should you know i because i shouldn't say that because i shouldn't say that a hundred percent of the time because a lot of comedians do try to go over into dramatic roles and they do a good job at it but i don't think he would necessarily call jim carrey a dramatic actor or right. adam sandler you wouldn't call him a dramatic actor you may say something like comedian jim carrey tries his hand at a dramatic role or something along those lines uh, and fails miserably because i think Comedians trying dramatic roles seems very out of place, whereas dramatic actors trying comedic roles it seems like a breath of fresh air sometimes. Like when yeah. you know somebody like De Niro does it, or whatever, occasionally, and and those people when they do it, it's like wow, that's that's interesting. But people that write their own material, do stand up, and then have comedic roles, I think you consider them a comedian. I uh, so I wouldn't say a hundred percent of the time, but a majority of the time they're doing comedy focused material. That was a great question. That was really that good. That really was a great question. By all means, just because we kind of had the same answer as far as the separation doesn't mean that there's not a very good argument the other way. Um, And even as you heard us explain it, we both were kind of torn. But then there's also those people that once were stand-up comics that most of the people don't know that they were stand-up comics. Somebody like Tim Allen or even Jim Carrey, for example. People don't realize that that person, you know, those people were stand-up comics, so they are technically comedians. There's a great argument either way. By the by, did you know Eddie Murphy used to be a stand-up comedian? Really? (laughs) You would never know it, (laughs) but he was a a stand-up comedian yeah. And he was fucking amazing. Wow. I got to get in the archives for that one. Also, Shit. did you know Mark Summers was a stand-up comedian? Double Dare Mark Summers? Yeah. No, didn't know that one. I didn't either until a few weeks ago. Wow. Him and Howie Mandel just had a big act where they just didn't touch anybody and didn't touch <laughs> anything. Uh, oh, I'm just, I'm so scared Dude, we're going to get letters. <laughs> now we're, now we're going to get letters. From germaphobes, my bad. Oh, oh and I should mention yeah. that our, our friends at Holy Taco asked, when's the sequel to Pootie Tang coming out? <laughs> Whenever Louie gets the uh, residual <laughs> checks from those black t-shirts. That's what I think. <laughs> love uh-huh. Pootie Tang. And you should love Holy Taco, by the way, if you have haven't been there. At least follow them on Twitter because they're a riot to follow. I, I give they're a shout okay. Out to I no, love they're, them. They're very, very funny. Ian, yeah. I think, is the guy who uh this is one of my pet peeves about twitter by the way you don't know uh, who does it. and i and i think i've tweeted at holy taco aka ian about this if you run your business account and you tweet in the first person mm. sign your fucking tweets you know what very good i and you know what i don't do that and i should do that no you don't do it either at no. masters of none right and i should do that you know what you... i have no idea are you are you the one tweeting no not all the time and very recently i've cut down quite a bit like i haven't done a lot at all so yeah you know what i like it i'm gonna make that mandatory for the three of us i i think it's a good rule of thumb a nice piece of etiquette twitter etiquette that needs to be done okay i like it every once in a while i will tweet in the first person from the laughspin.com account sure but if i do that i do the little dash dylan there you go great it's simple it's easy perfect that's that's a piece of etiquette that everyone should follow comedy news um, all right, we got some other stuff to talk about. Zach Galifianakis, new possible movie. This was uh, kind of hitting the net hard the past couple of weeks. The idea of the movie uh, Confederacy of Dunces has been thrown around for years at this point. 
And Zach's name has landed on the wheel. So what, what can you tell us about this? It's based on John Kennedy Toole's book, A Confederacy of Dunces. And it's just been bounced around for <laughs> for decades. John Belushi was set to star in an adaptation that Harold Ramis was doing, which sounds like it would have been awesome. Mm. But uh, Belushi kind of uh, died. So uh, <laughs> so that didn't happen. John Candy and Chris Farley were uh, supposedly cast as well for two different adaptations. And they, you know, both died as well. And uh, at some point, Philip Seymour Hoffman and John Goodman were in talks to play the roles. But I don't, I don't even think it got that far. But everybody mentioned would have been amazing. John Goodman would have been great. But anyway, right. so Zach Galifianakis is the latest name to be uh, thrown around to play the lead in this movie. Do you know what this movie is about? No, I don't. I, I, every, I don't. People reference it. Very influential book. And I know nothing about it. <laughs> so I am an uncultured fuck. Let me just read the article that uh, our writer, Samantha Simon, wrote. Galifianakis would play Ignatius, a 300-pound, 30-year-old who enjoys medieval fashions and lives with his mother in New Orleans in the 1960s. That's the main character, 300 pounds. Do you think he's going to put on weight for this? I hope not. It's dangerous for Zatch. <laughs> Zatch Galifianakis. <laughs> Now we're going to get letters from Zach Alphanakis. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love when he mispronounces his own name. It's my favorite <laughs> little bit that he does. This week in No Shit News, Jim Parsons comes out as gay. <laughs> you know, everybody was like, no shit. I posted this and they're like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. We get it. I mean, the National Enquirer outed him like years ago. I'm sure he seems. I mean, there's a lot of people who who seem gay who, who aren't, dude. Absolutely. But Now we're uh, going to get letters from Jim Parsons. Good. <laughs> I want to get a letter from him. Sheldon from the Big ba Big Bang Theory, if you don't know who Jim Parsons is, by the way. That whole thing about other people trying to out people, nah, I don't, uh, that I don't like. Let them go on their own terms, you know? It, for whatever reason, he held it in until now, and now he's out, so great. You know, everybody's got their reasons. Awesome. So hopefully, just like uh, Neil Patrick Harris, this only makes, it, makes his star a little brighter, just because obviously when this happens for a lot of people, it takes a huge weight off their shoulders, and they're finally able to really sell at their craft or be even better at what they're doing because they have no fear at this point. Right. They have no That's fear right. of slipping up. So good for Jim. And and hopefully it'll only improve the Big Bang Theory's already amazing success. Next, HBO is developing a comedy series starring Katherine Keener. I love Katherine Keener and anything she does. She's great. So yeah. Charlie Kaufman the dude behind movies like uh, Adaptation and Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, kind of really dark comedies. He's teaming up with Katherine Keener, who's been in a few of Charlie Kaufman's movies, to develop a television series for HBO. There's no title yet, but we hear that it's been put on fast track development. The concept of the show, this is how it was, it was described. It's an exploration of a day in a woman's life and how the events leading up to this day may or may not affect the reality in which she lives. So, wow. I don't, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. It's, it sounds completely absurd. If it gets done, I'm, I'm sure it will be good. The thing I'm thinking of is HBO is also developing, a few weeks ago we reported that they're developing a comedy around Rob Riggle and Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, and Chris Henchy, those dudes. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if these two are competing now, if it's going to be, huh. you know, one or the other or... Yeah. Maybe they'll pick up both or maybe neither. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. It's that time of the week, guys. We stop talking for a few minutes and play some fucking audio. Woo! That's what we're going to call this. We're going to call this section from now on fucking audio. Fucking audio. This week, Gary Goldman. This is brand new. In 
fact, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't even out yet. June 5th, his album comes out on Comedy Central Records digitally only. So make sure you download that on the iTunes or the Amazon.com. Cool. Um, so this bit's about Netflix. And the, the thing I love so much about Gary Goleman is you talk about classic bit of his. He's got that 14 minute. It is 14 minutes long about grapefruit and about how he despises grapefruit and how it fucks up fruit salads. It's 14 <laughs> minutes long. It is it is genius. His best characteristic in his writing is how he can write so long and so passionately and so well on something so small. He blows something so simple and so small. You would think that he's talking about the Sudan or <laughs> something that just ha has rocked the, the entire universe. He gets so passionate about it. I love it. He did the cookie bit too, right? Didn't he do a big bit about like Oreo cookies or something along those lines? He he, yeah, he, yeah. I believe he had, yes. Yeah, it was a, between the two of those, you could do a whole half-hour special, just the grapefruit and the cookie bit, I think. So this is, uh, this is a bit about Netflix. This is Gary Goldman right here. Everything's much, much easier thanks to, thanks to the Internet. I can get, can get movies instantly on Netflix, but that's a burden, too. Like, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I, I got to get out of here and watch movies. <laughs> I have 211 movies in my Netflix queue. I'm gonna die with 100 movies in my queue. My last words will be something like, Sonny, Sonny. I'm gonna bring back Sonny. Sonny, watch, watch Toy Story 3 for me. Tell me how the trilogy ends. 211 movies. And I love Netflix. I love it. I love it as much as I hated Blockbuster. How much did I resent Blockbuster? I despised it. Oh, rotten hell, Blockbuster. How did they go out of business with my $35,000 in late fees? How? Did you gamble it away, Blockbuster? What is... They were just... And they were hypocrites. They wouldn't rent you porn. Oh, no, oh, no, we're family. We won't rate you porn, but we'll rape you with late fees. We'll rape you. You will not know what hit you with late fees. You'll bring back, I would bring back a movie. Oh, what do I owe? Oh, nothing. We already took the $88 out of your visa. Don't worry. Yeah. In, fa in fact, keep that. You own that now. You own New Jack City for the rest of your life. Every time you move, you're going to have to pack up New Jack City as a reminder that you're such an irresponsible little loser. <laughs> this movie you couldn't bring yourself to watch in three weeks is now yours forever in VHS form. <laughs> blockbuster. Oh, I love it when I see a Blockbuster closed. You can tell it used to be a Blockbuster because they took down the letters, but it still spells out Blockbuster in filth. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't bother to power wash it, so now, and I, and I feel that's so apropos. Because there was grime behind that, that business. Oh, oh, rotten hell. With your, with, your, with your outrageous late fees, your surly sales staff, and your criminally loose definition of new releases. Why is this a new release? Because it's in color? 
It's Braveheart, goddammit. It's Braveheart. Where do you get the gall? <laughs> Hating that. And as, uh, but I love Netflix. <laughs> that's fucking great. I should, I should point out that that's only half of his Netflix bit. There's another. Oh, there's really? another half to it. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. If that doesn't entice you to go and, f- and find the album so you can listen to the other half, I don't know what does. My favorite part of bits like that, when he threw the title New Jack City out, that was fucking br- like of all the movies he could have said, New Jack City was probably the funniest to say at that moment. Perfect. Gary Goldman. What's the name of that album again? The name of the album is No Can Defend, and it's out June 5th, Tuesday on Comedy Central Records. Download it. Nice. Very, very nice. All right. Memorial Day has come and gone, as uh, as we said before. And that kind of is the unofficial start of summer and also the unofficial start of the summer movie season. A lot of stuff coming out in the world of comedy. Let's let's take a rundown here of uh, comedies coming out this summer that we're most looking forward to. Number one, you got high school. What do you got about high school? It's a stoner high school flick. Adrian Brody plays a crazed drug dealer. And Matt Bush is in it. He plays a kid whose first time trying pot coincides with a school-wide drug test. So instead of trying to get out of the test, he hatches a plan with his best friend to get his entire high school faculty included, by the way, stoned. By the way, all the movies we're mentioning here, the entire list is going to be on Laughspin.com. Sweet. Complete with uh, trailers. Nice. So that comes out June 1st. Comes out this Tuesday. Or, I'm sorry, this Friday, I should say. All right, cool. So as you said, all these 10 will be up on Laughspin.com. But you know what? Let's only just do a couple so it entices everybody to go to the full list. All right? Sure, sure. Let's get some good ones. All right. Safety Not Guaranteed. This is coming out June 8th. Uh, what do you got on Safety Not Guaranteed with uh, Mark Duplass and Aubrey Plaza? You probably know Mark uh, from The League, Aubrey Plaza, of course, from Parks and Recreation. It's her first starring role. She plays a reporter who goes undercover to write a story on uh, Mark Duplass's uh, character. And he's trying to go back in time. He's a little crazy. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they uh, they kind of uh, get to know each other, and I'm sure some sort of relationship is created. We follow them on uh, their adventure. That's safety not guaranteed. Cool. June 22nd, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, Steve Carell, Kira Knightley, Pat Oswalt. This is... Whole bunch of people. What do you? What else you got on uh, seeing a friend? Have we seen Steve Carell in in dramatic? Yeah, we've seen him in sort of dramatic yeah, roles. Little Miss, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, sure. Oh, and that was uh, Dan in Real Life. Dan in Real that Life. Was, that was it. Yes. That was kind of. It was like a darkish comedy. Right. But it, it was pretty much a drama. So yeah. yeah. I mean, he was great in both of those. More and more, like I really enjoy seeing comedic actors and or uh, comedians doing dramatic shit because I just saw uh, Take This Waltz, which Sarah Silverman has a supporting role in that. She was great. I mean, she didn't have like a tremendous amount of screen time, but Mm -hmm. she was great. And she guest starred in The Good Wife, I think like a year or so ago. Right. And she, she was great in that. I mean, I know this sounds like counterintuitive, but I wish more comedians would do dramatic roles. So I'm really interested to see Steve Carell work opposite Kira Knightley, who, you know, is, is very popular in period pieces and she's pretty much all about drama. Right. So you have, you know, a, a respected dramatic actress playing opposite a very respected comedic actor. The supporting cast is great. Like you mentioned, Patton Oswald, Jillian Jacobs. Uh, actually, it's Gillian, Gillian Jacobs, Jacobs yes. from Community. Definitely looking forward to that. That's June 22nd. Trailers can be deceiving, but ro- watching the trailer, you would, you think it would be a kind of a quirky drama, you know, if you will. It's more of a, like a serious under a serious tone, but with like comedic 
parts. You know, little snippets. It should be fun to watch. And last, we'll talk about August 24th, Sleepwalk With Me. This is Mike Birbiglia's movie. Sleepwalk With Me is the slightly fictionalized version of Mike Birbiglia. He plays a comedian, but his name isn't Mike Birbiglia in the film. It's basically a movie about his sleepwalking disorder, which he's detailed in his act. He had a very successful off-Broadway one-man show called Sleepwalk With Me. That became a book. And now it's uh, it's a movie that IFC Films is putting out. Him going through uh, his his uh, romantic relationships and his life uh, on the road as a comedian, and just you know the the psychological aspects of his sleepwalking disorder, and you know how it's affected his life. Uh, very much looking forward to this one. Sleepwalk with me it comes out August twenty fourth. This has the potential to have some really really good buzz. So I would highly recommend uh, you know checking it out and supporting it because. IFC Films does a really good job with their movies, and this could definitely be one that a lot of people can get behind with some interesting subject matter. So August 24th, Sleepwalk With Me. All right, uh, before we go, we're going to play a clip here. We're going we're gonna to play one from Maranzio Vance. Yep. Uh, and he has a Comedy Central special coming out. Every Friday, uh, Comedy Central has been premiering new episodes of their new show, The Half Hour, which is the replacement show for Comedy Central Presents, the, uh, the half-hour stand-up specials for, for, for mostly up-and-coming comedians. So, Maranzio Vance, his is the second one this Friday, which is at 11.30. The first one is Theo Vaughn. He's at 11 o'clock. But for now, we want to listen to uh, Vance. Now, today, I should have been, I should have been more, I guess discipline and like study my set or just go over some jokes or whatever but i didn't i sat in my hotel room and i watch uh, reality shows which i don't like but i watch them to make sure that i still don't like them um <laughs> and i got caught up watching extreme home makeover now i must say i love this show and if you don't cry by the end of it you're not a human being because these people get stuff i'm like oh my god well, I, I get excited, and then by the end, I'm hating, because I'm like, how does this child have a treehouse inside their house? Like, that don't even make sense. So, but I'm watching Extreme Home Makeover. Some of the cities I don't agree with that they do. Like, they did Detroit one time, and I was like, come on, really? Detroit? Like, if I lived in Detroit, and they came to my house, and they were like, hey, we want to give you a new house, I'd be like, look, can I speak to y'all for a second? Excuse me. Come here. Look. Um, can you just move us? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if, if that's an option, please, like, if you're not going to do the whole city, it's no point. Like, <laughs> if you've ever been to Detroit, you would understand why I made that joke. Uh, let me tell you how bad Detroit looks. If I was running the country and we were under alien attack, I would automatically say, let's dub Detroit Earth. That way, when aliens land here, they would go to Detroit and be like, oh, they already took this place over. <laughs> let's get out of here. I'll leave them some money or something, because they're, they're struggling. Maranzio Vance coming out with his Comedy Central special, this Friday, so definitely check that out, 11.30. While we sign off, Dylan, give the plugs. Check us out, guys, at youporn.com, <laughs> lobstertube.com. I don't know that one. Yeah, you know who taught me uh, lobstertube.com? Comedian Moshe Kasher. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, we were uh, we were doing an interview, and I was like, hey, what are your favorite websites? He listed that one. They do a good job of uh, kind of compiling and categorizing. All right. You guys know where to find us, is, is I guess what I'm saying. If you have any questions or you want to email, please do so at dylan at laughspin.com. Uh, please, for the love of God, go to iTunes, subscribe, download the podcast, and leave a review. Also, too, those questions on Twitter were great. Keep them coming. We can have some fun with those. So, again, thank you very much. Uh, you can check me out. Mastersofnone.com is the other podcast that I'm on. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, next week, we'll see you. Same time. Laughspin Podcast. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>